Hello, friends. Another busy week in my life. My job keeps me hopping these days for the last couple of weeks. I do ask myself what day it is sometimes because some days feel like three days. You get so much work done or so much crap's gone on that you don't even know what day it is anymore. I don't know if any of you have felt that way, but I've gone through a lot of those in the last couple of weeks. But I am looking for ways to break up the daily routine of my life, but stay safe in this time of COVID. So if you got any solutions, you got any ideas, let me know how we can break up this daily routine stuff of uh, just hiding from COVID. Maybe there's, we can do more. I don't know. Have you gotten your vaccine yet? Do you want to get a vaccine? I can't wait to get mine. I'm so over living the way this, this way. It, I'm so over it. I'm tired of it. I even find myself like getting out of my car and not putting my mask on or going to the bathroom and not grabbing my mask. I think I should be well conditioned by now, but I think I'm just getting tired of doing it all. But I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going to keep doing it because if we all get the vaccine and we all still social distance and we all wash our hands, we could get over this sooner than later. But Americans, man, we like to think we're right, even when we're wrong. All right, I got to stop before I get on my high horse right there. Today's guest, Gwen Brooks. Gwen and I are fairly close in age and we went to high school together and we happened to be in clubs and sports together. You'll hear all about that in the interview. But I found it very fascinating how Gwen took a public relations degree from a small college and turned it into a very successful insurance business and then some. Let's get to the interview. Wheatland, Wyoming is where I was born, and then I was raised in Laramie, Wyoming. So did your parents meet in Wheatland? Are they native Wyomingites, or how were you brought to the world of Wheatland first? <laughs> well, they actually met and grew up in Dickinson, North Dakota, oh, wow. and they decided they wanted to move. And I think there was an auto repair shop that was for sale in Wheatland. And so they went and took that over. My mom got a nursing job at the local um, uh, hospital. And so that's how we ended up there. Yeah. Your dad's mechanic, I guess. Is that he, my real dad? Yes. Was a, was a is a mechanic. Yeah. 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 And he's a singer songwriter too, by the way. Oh, wow. That's I know. It's crazy. So did he like, is that how he wooed your mom, wrote her some songs? And <laughs> yes. Actually, he was the brother of my mom's best friend. So that kind of just, okay. they, met, they met through her best friend. Yeah. That's some mm -hmm. small town. Yeah. And Dickinson. Yeah. Right. Dickinson. It's small town. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And so what got your family to uh, Laramie, Wyoming? Um, we went to Laradice, as we like to call it, um, because my parents got a divorce. And a few years later, my mom was skiing at the Snowy Range ski area, which we did occasionally. And my brother was on his own and didn't have anybody to go up in the ski lift with. And so some guy came up and they started talking and it was became my stepdad. And he was the head of um, veterinary medicine at the University of Wyoming. So, um, my mom and him, you know, connected, started dating and then long story short, they got married and then we moved to Laramie. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The university, wow, even brings everybody here. Brought me here. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I'm 
originally from a suburb of Portland, Oregon. And my stepdad got a job in uh, UWTV, which I later went into in my career. But (laughs) he, uh, yeah, he was a producer director and he got a job. Yeah, dragging me out of the suburbs of Portland to this little town. 13 years old was a rough time. That would be rough. Terrible. Not a good couple first years here in Laramie. Um, it, I probably came around to it about my senior year. I was like, man, eh, it's not bad. Cause my senior year was pretty easy. It was an awesome year. Uh, but what did you think of Laramie when you first moved here? How old were you when you moved here? I was like five or six. So I really didn't know any difference. So I know I thought it was the big city compared to Wheatland <laughs> and my stepdad had a bunch of horses. So like it totally, I was like, oh, this is like the best place ever. And we bought, I don't know if you knew my house. I don't know if you ever came out to the house, maybe for a graduation party or something. I don't know. But anyway, Conrad Dobler built that house. That was his place. Do you know who Conrad Dobler is? Yeah, yeah I'm familiar with, yeah, the name. Yeah, yeah. Buffalo Bills. And he did all those tapes, great, less filling commercials or whatever so he built this ranch and then we ended up buying we traded houses he bought our house in laramie and we bought his house out there so anyway so it was kind of interesting yeah Mm -hmm. so i loved it later well the house that um i went to high school in Mm -hmm. kind of flip-flopped with the house they now i own like oh yeah crazy yeah my you probably gone to the other house was on comache yeah yeah the uh, flip-flopped owners because my parents wanted a bigger house compared to the other place and they were in this place for a couple years or maybe 10 years eight years and then i took over in 2010 ran for a little bit and then we bought it 2015 or so and so but yeah they did a little flip-flop thing it was oh my gosh so interesting. <laughs> yeah like i'm That's so funny. Oh, house. Hey, they might work out so right so you're up, growing up on a ranch, you got horses, it's five-year-old. Yeah, that is a dream. Is yeah. A dream. So was it just you? You got siblings? How, where do you fit in the mix? Yeah. So my brother's four years older than me, Travis, and he went to the University of Wyoming for right. pharmacy school. And he's been a pharmacist in Laramie and Cheyenne. Um, and then my sister also graduated uh, with her undergraduate and master's at the University of Wyoming. Um, and she now moved to Spokane, Washington. And then my mom also went to the University of Wyoming, got her master's <laughs> too. Yeah. So I'm really the only one that didn't. I went for a year and then I transferred out. But um, so that's, yeah. So they are kind of, we're all over the country now because now my parents moved to Arizona and oh. I'm back here. So, yeah. In that case, my parents live in Las Vegas now. Oh, dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and so is Ray. So like going to Vegas is like just kind of going home. It's not really like, hey, I'm going to Vegas all the time. Like we might get in one crazy time, but the older we get, it, it, less that happens. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. But oh, yeah, I, yeah, I go to Vegas. It's probably the first time I'm gone. Well, I wasn't going to fly or anything, but my parents end up coming here for oh, 10 days or so. And so much safer place, Laramie, Wyoming was compared to Las Vegas at the time. And it's hot. Yes. Anything you can do to escape the summers. Do your parents get out in the summertime, get out of Arizona? They're going to come see you in Colorado. They'll come see me. They'll come see my sister. Yeah. And then my stepdad now. So this is my third dad. Because my other stepdad died. And then now my mom remarried. And he's a wonderful man. I mean, amazing man. Um, And... They ha- he has kids in um, Seattle, Washington. Okay. So yeah, so they get out there too. Yeah, I, Pacific Northwest, my home ground. That's like yes, 
I have my, my, run wild out there. There's more. It's so wild. I know. Well, I had my, my grandma actually lived in Portland oh. on my dad's side. So my dad, yeah. Mm -hmm. So Portland, I've been out to Portland a few times. It's a great place. Yeah. Um, I haven't been out there a little bit. Uh, eight years. That's sad. My dad still, my dad and stepmom still out there and I have family out there. I need to go more. Sorry, family. Yeah. Oops. And other stuff. Yeah. Well, when you start changing jobs and stuff, it gets, it's hard to leave and yeah. And then you, it is pandemics and such. So it's, yeah, it's tough. Mm -hmm. It but, is. Um, it is. Rewind back to growing up in Laramie. So how far was like the commute to the ranch to like into town to go to school and such? I think it was like, it was, I mean, cause Laramie's not really that yeah. big. So <laughs> I think it was like 15 minutes. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. And when I was little and I was desperate to just get out, I would like walk all across town, I, all the way to like Ivinson Memorial Hospital, <laughs> town back Grand Avenue. And anyway, so um, yeah, I walked a lot, but, um, oh, but oh. yeah, so it wasn't, it wasn't a terrible walk or commute or anything yeah. like that. So. I was always shocked on how, like, once I figured out, I was like, Laramie's so square. And next thing you know, like, if you're on a bike, you're like, two pedals, I'm across town. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, seriously. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was a nice town to bike cross. In Oregon, oh, so many hills. Oh, it was crazy. Oh, yeah. Hills out there. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, biking, it was, yeah, rough. Um, so, as a kid, what kind of activities were into? You play a lot of sports, were you getting good grades? Um, I got decent grades until high school when I wasn't really taking it as seriously. Um, but C's get degrees, man. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I made it, but I, I did, I was on in volleyball and I did like eight years of baseball. And then once I got into high school, I did ski team for a couple years. So I did that, but I'm really, I mean, literally, I think I'm an insurance agent to my core, even since I was little, because I don't like to go fast. I don't like risk. And so I only placed in the top five one time and it was because everybody was crashing on the course and I just like went really slow and made it. I finished. So yeah. So it's like a turtle in the hair, man. It finally yeah, it, it was. off in a race. Yeah. Exactly right. I won my best ski races because it was so snowy so the course was slower and so like it was easier to make a turn but it was like just dumping buckets it was but i was like oh, that was a great run but oh it, it wasn't so icy or anything it was not bad yeah um, yeah uh, ski racing uh yeah you should, insurance yeah to the i know it was not i i won't probably ever ski again in my life because i hellacious wreck when i was senior and now mm -hmm. i'm I've, I just because I moved to New York and then I dated girls that didn't ski and I was like why do I want to not you know ski with my, my girl and so why do that and then now I'm like I will hurt myself like mm -hmm. like this is I've avoided the big like blowout knee thing that's what you do when you ski and so I was like yes not. maybe I'll hold off we'll be okay if I don't ski everybody tries to convince me because I'm like oh you you raced and I was like yeah I did race that's cool and I know what it's like to crash hard and then I was built out of rubber. Now, yes, not right, so we're not, much. Yeah. Don't bounce back the same way. Not no, so much. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lots of things. So, yeah, I'm not really going <laughs> to risk that right now. I'm not trying to figure that out. Um, That's good. Yeah. yeah. If you did, I'd say you need to talk to me about, you know, disability insurance. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <First. laughs> yeah Got to sign up before yep. I go crashing myself. Exactly. I'm, yes. 
Yes. Uh, so you mentioned that once you got to high school, you kind of quit taking things serious. <laughs> was was the social life getting in the way? Yes. Pro- yes, definitely. Yeah. I think it was just, yes, it was more fun to just hang out. And I was kind of rebellious with, you know, my stepdad and stuff. Cause he was extremely strict. Um, <laughs> you may or may not have heard me complaining about it, but like one phone call a night, no longer than 15 minutes in durations and no, none after 9 PM. And so there was like a lot of kind of interesting rules. So, um, so yeah, when I could, I, tried to go out and have fun, go to parties, hang out with people. That was kind of, and honestly, at school, I was probably almost doing more socializing than really taking school seriously. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you said, C's get degrees. Um, <laughs> yes. put you on the field as I looked at it. Yep. Um, I did enough to get by. I did not realize how important it was until much mm-hmm. later in life. Um, mm-hmm. Getting yep. the education, you know, bashing my body was more important than study and have time but I yet I didn't I didn't need coaches to lean on teachers or anything like that I got a good enough grades that's and, good and so but I also didn't like take like physics or anything like that I wasn't trying to like excel <laughs> no I'm good right. yes uh, the toughest classes I mean uh in high school marketing was a, probably the oh, yeah. yeah were you in DECA too yeah I was a president wait I forgot that because <laughs> I was a president too but what yeah. year were you president you were sophomore when I was senior. So that's right. Oh my god, I'm sorry. I have a horrible I, memory. I was I, would, I um I was going to try to I, I know it's somewhere in my house because I just can vision in my head and I talked to Zeta on here on the podcast and uh-huh. I go, there's a picture of us as officers. And it's it's because I'm the only guy, and then it's all girls. Oh, girls. You want to you, I think. <laughs> that was horrible, I'm sure, yeah. for you. No, yeah, it's not really bad. It's kind of like your sister came and recruited at the high at the junior high. And I can't remember who she was with. And I was like, this this is the club I want to be about. Because they got oh, some good girls. Right. I mean, I didn't know how else to pick a club. And so I did. DECA seemed like the way to go. And then your sister graduated. So I know that helps. Well, and yeah. she know you do you remember my sister was like kind of Laramie bragging rights because she won number one in the nation and was on the front page of the new boomerang um, because she she won number one for food marketing or whatever. So yeah. Deca. So that's, that's like, so like, funny. And I'm like, oh I was like, Deca. I was terrible at it. I love the trips, it was fun. Oh, uh, so fun. I've learned, I mean, the stuff I was taught during those marketing advertising classes, I see right through advertising all the time now. I'm the guy I was like, does not work. They go, that's not even real milk. That's like blue. <laughs> Come on, try harder. You know, and I'm like that with the news too. I'm like, oh, so many things where I'm just like, no, talking heads piss me off the most. Where it's like, you got me talking like this right here. And they say, you're talking underneath it. Like Joe Schmo says, blah, blah, blah. And then he kicks and it's a jump cut and it's still him in that spot. And he says, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, can't you just get him walking down the hall or flipping a burger? Or whatever? <laughs> Something besides him doing what he's already doing and just jarring my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh yeah, I can't watch news. I don't watch news for a lot of reasons, but production values are one of them because that's what I did for a long time. And so, yeah, marketing too and stuff like that. So did you, you fared well on competition in DECA, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I I placed, I mean, I wasn't 
as, you know, big as my sister, but I was, I was a state officer too. So I was like vice president of the state of Wyoming. And honestly, I feel like I learned a ton that I ended up using in sales. Um, fuel felt found. I mean, there's just some basic yeah. business concepts that I'm like, wow, who knew I'd actually use this? It wasn't just an excuse to have fun. I actually, it was applicable. So, you know, I thought it was really good. Yeah. So, and fun. Downtown Julie wanna... Brown. I met yeah. her. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know I didn't want to do that. Almost in high college. Like when I went to college, I was like, oh, I don't want to major in. And I thought, marketing, I was doing that in high school. I was a president of DECA, hey, or teacher, because my family's teachers. But my dad, who was a third grade teacher, an elementary school teacher, talked me out of it, like did his best to talk me out of being a teacher. And I was like, dang, I would like to coach you. And then yeah. yeah, broadcasting came along kind of, and not my stepdad kind of pushed me that way, nudged me that way. And it was, I really dug it. Um, so... It's cool. High school, going parties, phone call. You can't take phone away from a, like a teenage girl. I think that's just abuse. I know. Right? At that age, that's terrible. It that's is terrible. And now I've done that to my own daughter sometimes, and then I'm like, oh, maybe that's not the best. <laughs> but but <laughs> you yeah. don't have a stringent rule of 15 minutes. Oh gosh, no! It, that was crazy. That was like, what? What could I do? Is it? The, the 16th minute, I'm going to say something <laughs> like, I don't know what the logic yeah. was there. Like, <laughs> that's when it gets bad, you know? Yeah, that's when it gets bad. <laughs> when the clothes come yeah. off, or you're on the phone, right. whatever. I know, it's just what um, Yeah, I kind of remember his strictness being having to deal with a few things. <laughs> or, you, yeah, you might have said a few things. Or maybe, yep. some, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> At least you kind of learn that's not the parent you want to be, though. Yes. So for that, sure. That kind of sucks, at least. I mean, yeah. So, well, there were some good things. I mean, yeah. he literally, like, I mean, although I felt like every dinner was like kind of like when we were in his class because he would like bring up all these like really big words and it'd be like nine o'clock at night. We're like, we just kind of want to go to bed. And <laughs> he'd be like, do you know what that word means? And I'm like, yeah, I do. Yeah. And he's like, really? What does it mean? And then I couldn't exactly say it so we'd go get it go get a dictionary so it would like force us and it actually did help build our vocabulary quite a bit oh, yeah. though we were miserable at the time so and then horses he introduced me to horses he had a private trainer for me he got my horse you know and um trained as well so those were there were some really great things and he was brilliant i mean he invented the vaccine for ringworm i don't know if you knew that but he did yeah damn just yeah you know how to uh bring up a High school girl. Right. I know. I know. Yeah. What's so funny is, so what led me to insurance, like who knew, like, so he invented this vaccine for ringworm. He got a Norwegian company that said they were going to market it. He got the patent. He ended up going to steamboat on a ski trip. On the way back, he'd had a little to drink. They're on icy roads, get in an accident. The woman in the back seat gets paralyzed from like the neck down. They sued. He didn't have enough car insurance to cover I mean, this, I mean, obviously lifetime or whatever. And so I watched his hopes, all his hopes, his dreams, his life's work slip through his fingers because he, instead of sending money to the, you know, patent attorneys and getting this going, he had to send it to, for the settlement and everything. So it changed our life, you know? And so who knew that that would play into my life later on that I'm like, I, I don't want that to happen to people, you know? Yeah. So I get to protect them from that, you know, which is kind of cool. 
Yes. Life. Wow. Yes. Stuff you right? learn uh, younger. Yeah. That pays off later. Mm-hmm. Life that you never thought. Wow. It's, I, I kind of, I have a, my mom, my dad, except my mom, dad, mom divorced when I was like six mm-hmm. and they married other people and they're the same people they're married to today. Um, my step parents are awesome. Like they're good for, I don't know how my parents ever met. They just seem like a clash. Um, yeah. we get along now, but it took years to get to this, get along again. Um, but, uh, so growing up in one household, I, I'm, a, I'm the only boy in the whole circus of it all. And so one household, I'm the middle one, I'm the, the youngest. And in my dad's household, I'm the youngest. Um, but they were artsy stuff. So they made me go and see like uh, Broadway shows and plays and in Portland and music theater. And, and um, I don't know if I appreciate it at the time. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I wasn't a brat about it. And they said I wasn't, but I was like, good. Because I feel like that opened up like just a lot, the arts to my life and being accepted. And, and to see people that totally shut that kind of stuff out, I'm like, oh, you're missing out on a lot of cool stuff. And so like learning that, like I wish everyone had the opportunity. Like I wish everyone could grow up in the forest like I did in Oregon and not like, you know, on the yeah. street playing video games or whatever. And so those type of things that, yeah, you you remember from your childhood and sometimes they weren't so great, but yet later on, you're like, wow, that was a good lesson to learn. Absolutely. Right? So I think you could, anything in life. Yeah. Bad or good. You can. Yeah. yeah. And cool. I mean, terrible story about the accident. I mean, that's a lesson in don't drink and drive people. Now we got Uber and all that stuff or. It's true. Know. In icy roads, it was probably not good for conditions anyway, yeah. but that just put the nail in the coffin with the alcohol, you know, yeah. but Yeah. He, he did that. He, he was like, I mean, not like kind of a functional alcoholic, like he was never drunk, but he just always like sometimes in the morning, sometimes at lunch between classes, he was teaching. So I mean, like it was just kind of one of those, like he just liked to feel relaxed. It's kind of, you know what I mean? So I want to say, I think it was the state of Wyoming. It was a little like a lax. It's changed a lot. Yeah. I think at least we'll hear and stuff. But I think it was socially acceptable. That was the way, like, hey, drink it. I'm going to drive to Wheatland. That's a six pack. I'm going to drive to where? I mean, was socially acceptable. And it's changed a lot and everything. People, don't worry. It has changed, at least as far as I can tell. And um, I think during that, a lot during that time period, there was a weird mesh of, yeah, people taking it too far, getting arrested, all that stuff. So, yeah, I think it's the state, but they kind of was like, man, whatever, drinking and driving or just drinking in general was relatively okay anytime. Right, in the but middle of the work day. Yes. Yeah, a lot yeah. has changed a little bit. Yeah. yeah, we frown upon them like that a little bit more these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's get out of that drinking world. Oh, yes, and, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yes. <laughs> so that. high school, you're going to graduate high school. Yep. College. Where did you want to, did you want to go to college? I, not everybody wants to go. Is oh yeah, I, I did. I went to the university of Wyoming for marketing also okay. uh, initially, but because I'd moved out. So I moved out when I was 17 because I graduated and I just feel like in Laramie, that's kind of what you did. Usually. I mean, a lot of my friends that just moved out when you graduate. So I did, and I was kind of more concerned about going to parties and I mean, and then I was working like almost full time and all that. So I really 
didn't go to class that much. So I passed one class beginning acting. Um, (laughs) Yes. And then my mom and my uncle, um, her brother, kind of had a like a talk and they said, okay, what are we going to do about Gwen? She's flunking out of college. And he had an opportunity. He was the head of campus ministry at St. Mary's in Winona, Minnesota. And he said, if she can get her crap together, I can get her out here. She can get free tuition, but she's going to have to pay room and board, um, which means she's going to have to get a job again. Um, And then, you know, we'll see. And literally that move changed my life. Um, My uncle is like one of my favorite people in the world. He's really almost like another father, amazing man. So I was on the honor roll within the first semester. um, And thank God I did not choose broadcast journalism as my degree. Um, Just because like, even though I did that for seven years, I like, it's, I feel like the public relations degree was exactly what I needed. And I've been guided to do that because it was, it encompassed communications, but it also encompassed that business aspect. So, um, so that has served me, I think later in life as well, when I moved on from broadcast journalism. So, yeah. So, so like, was it just easier to party in Laramie than it was? Oh, Minnesota? yes. Remember frat row. And I mean, like there's so many parties all the time. I mean, we made Playboy magazine top 10 for party schools in the country at one point. I know that's not what they like to say now. Sorry, University of Wyoming. If you're, but. I think it was in the eighties, but. Still. Oh yeah. But people still talked about it. Like oh, yeah. Yeah, in the nineties. Like, the article hangs at the buckhorn. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Validate it. Go look at the buckhorn. Uh, that's a whole nother story. The buckhorn as it is. Um, yes. 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 Yeah, I understand. Uh, like, leaving my parents' house in college and maybe living in the dorms. And um, they weren't strict, but my mom was like, oh, you got to get up in the morning. And I like, she didn't run a tight ship, but we, I had some structure. Yeah. It was a whole new world of not playing sports. That was crazy. I didn't think I was going to end up in university. I thought I was going to be playing sports somewhere. Uh, I got recruited a few times football, but every time I got went to – uh college and they look at me they're like i thought you were taller and i'm like ah shit i'm not getting taller i am not getting I, <laughs> it's not gonna happen yeah and so i was like maybe i just played taller i don't know cleats whatever and eventually the just the money wise university wine was best bet and so yeah i grew up in oregon i'm a huge old oregon ducks fan so i wasn't buying into this wyoming thing just right away and so, and I was even like working football, basketball. I was on the sidelines of shooting video and stuff uh, eventually. And I still wasn't hundred percent wild and cowboy crazy, but eventually I got wow. there. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. Uh, I didn't think I was getting up in broadcasting at all either. Um, it was like I said, marketing or maybe teaching. Um, mm-hmm. I had a job when I was a senior. And it was working home football games and I'd roll video on coaches shows, like roll in the highlights every Sunday, regardless of his home or away. Um, so home games, I worked and I carried equipment for K2 TV. And back when they had like cameras are so small and cool now. Now, back then it was like umbilical cord to connect to the deck and oh, was terrible. so I carried that part. And, but it was awesome because I, Laramie High School is good at football. And I was good at football. And so it was like getting my own press conferences when I'd go there and talk to the press because we'd win the night before and I'd come in and they'd be like, tell us about this. And I'm like, ah, sure. I don't know if any, none of it really made paper, but it was cool talking to those guys. Because sure. no one never got any press. So mm-hmm. I was happy to get it. I got one 
quote at the end of my senior year, like after the game, like we're going to playoffs and stuff. And so, yeah, I was like total, like that. I gave a hundred percent. We're going to, you know, I did all that total. Yeah. It was funny. Um, but otherwise it was great. And then I just had access to like coaches and players and stuff. It was interesting. And I, so we never be got like starstruck around those type people, mm-hmm. like athletes and stuff. A few, a few nowadays, I probably would particular ones, but otherwise I keep my cool together. Well, we work in the media. They go, okay, got to keep my, keep right. Together. Yeah. I got to keep on you know, bias over here. So yeah. I did that. And then I got into high school, college. My stepdad was like t- intern for me and you'll just carry equipment. It'll be e- easy, but you'll learn a lot. And like halfway through that, I'm like, I'm declaring broadcasting. I'm in and broadcasting was easy, but as all those other classes in my social life, extended <laughs> my college career Yes, <laughs> longer than most people yeah. did. Um, I, yeah, I wasted that probably that first semester, maybe fall semesters are rough. I don't know why. Yeah. Going all together for spring. Mm-hmm. Eventually I learned how to be a student. That's I wish they would teach you more of that in high school than a lot of other stuff. Like mm-hmm. how to take notes, how to do a, like bounce checkbook, all that good stuff. And how to First live life sure. in college. Yeah. So. I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you, no, I just was saying, I wish they had more consumer like type stuff. I know yeah. in the town I had my state farm agency in Illinois, I actually went in and taught for like nine years. I taught eight classes a semester on insurance and I kind of did it as like a trivia question, but they ended up like all these teachers formed their curriculum around it and uh-huh. stuff. And it just to break it down because kids didn't know they had no idea what liability means and how to shop for insurance, nothing like that. So I wish they would do that more. Yeah. Or would have done that for us, you know. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Yeah. Now I'm focused on standardized testing. Like I'm like, we need <laughs> skills, my skills. So yeah, That's just true. figuring out that stuff too. So uh, what how shocking was that move from Laramie to St. Mary, Minnesota? Like what, how oh my small God. or big of a place is that in comparison? So Winona, Minnesota is pretty small. It's beautiful. It has some like bluffs around it, like, and it's green and lush. Um, freaking cold though. What, like, what are the pla- the coldest places I've been? So I would walk to class and my jeans would freeze, like mm-hmm. literally freeze solid and they weren't wet. They just froze. It was that cold. So yeah, that was, um, it was really cold. And then my first, well, I had a Fox news channel. I worked at in Chicago for, um, like a summer. I was like an intern production assistant. Um, and that was in the Chicago sun times building that Fox, cause this Fox news channel was brand new. Yeah. And then now it's the Trump tower. They've like torn down, um, you know, Chicago sometimes in Trump Tower. So, and then I ended up getting work at NBC, the NBC affiliate in Rochester, Minnesota, which was like 45 minutes from Winona. Um, and that was a really cool town, Mayo Clinic's there, but it was cold, again, cold. And I was like, can we like get out of this cold, you know? So yes. So, and then we moved to Illinois from there. Um, so yeah, anyways, wow. it was awesome. So public relations. Yes. I, I mean- is that, I mean, you said, you talked about working in TV. What got you into TV then? What, cause you're working a public relations degree. Yeah. So they didn't have broadcast journalism as a degree. So I was basically forced to do public relations cause that was as close to what they had to offer. Um, 
And, you know, you brought up arts earlier, whatever, with your parents. I'm like, I actually am really grateful. I got my um, Bachelor of Arts. It was a liberal arts college. Um, And I feel like I just, I mean, we took philosophy. We took a lot of things that just kind of expand your mind that I'm really, you know, grateful for. I think it just expanded that a lot. So, but I had, I ended up hosting um, the morning, or not the morning show, um, radio shows all through college. And I was the Wyoming woman. Yes. And I played awesome 80s. That was my show. And um, I remember just getting a thrill. We'd go to like lunches and people would be like, we got to hurry up because um, awesome 80s is going to be on. We got it. And I'd like over here. I'm like, are they doing that for me? And I'm like, they have no idea who I am. Like they have no. And I was like, people actually like my show. Oh, my God. That's so cool. So anyway, so I was doing that. And then I got up and did some speeches and I had this college professor pull me aside and he goes, Gwen, you have a gift like you you light up when you're in front of an audience, it's, it's like your IQ goes up like 10 levels or something. So he said, you really should look into doing something with this. So that push got me when I was, went to Chicago for that summer, I just started looking, I called like all the TV stations and they're like, no, no, no. And then this unknown new Fox news channel, (laughs) national (laughs) station, I called and they were like, going to say, just send your resume. And they're like, you know what? just come in. Let's come in, have an interview. We'll see. So I went in and then they gave me the job and the internship. And I just, it opened me up to these exciting, I've always loved telling stories. Um, And it just like, I loved it. You know, at first I was just carrying around camera as equipment, but I would also dig up news stories and all that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, it was, it was, that was really cool. So, and then, yeah, doing, uh, ended up at, so the NBC affiliate I was at in Rochester, Minnesota was owned by Quincy newspapers out of Quincy, Illinois, and they own stations like all over. My now ex-husband was from Chicago and he, we wanted to be, what's that? The way you said Chicago, I was like, you definitely lived up in the North. I did. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I probably talked like a Chicago person now or yes, because I lived there 18 years. So we ended up, um, he wanted to be closer to his family and we we're like, yeah, let's go to my family's everywhere. So let's go there. And so the Quincy newspapers had an opening within the company to transfer to Rochester or to Rockford, Illinois to host the morning show there at their NBC affiliate. So then I ended up um, doing that and hosted the morning show for about four years there. So yeah. Morning shows. Oh, really? it was rough. Yeah. <laughs> that one was better I, though. <laughs> it really kind of hones their chops. I trained for a little bit. Um, I mean, fast forward in my future, when I worked at a TV station in New York, uh, I started as an editor. And so we did all shifts. So there were times, yeah, you're coming in at four and mm-hmm. so freelancers. So I'd pick up their shifts. But then I became a videographer, photographer, I was split time. Um, but most of my time was used videography. And everyone's, I had like one day a week, I was like a pure editor or something. I can't remember how it worked. But um, yeah, it was crazy. It was, yeah, it was interesting, like, uh, how I got that job is not, like, how I thought I would through what I did, like, sending out resumes, my uh, stepdad knew people, whatever, just never, my dad actually somehow got the resume across the desk of News 12, New York, Long Island, it is, and they gave me a call, like, brought in my reel and all that stuff, and, yeah, it was uh, interesting, to work there from Wyoming and I shot sports. I was really good at shooting sports. That's what I did in college. And they kind of taught us how to do news to a point, like you got the skills, but I wasn't ready to shoot like stories about murders and such. Mm. Our market was about as big as 
like the size of New Orleans. And oh, okay. so it's 12, but we're, okay. we're shoulder to shoulder with the one with New York wow. right there. Wow. So, I mean, the lines are, I covered a lot of number one market stories and stuff. I was there for 9-11. So that wow. was a trip that got probably oh, yeah. started the wheels of, we got to get the hell out of this field. Kudos to people still do it. It's just not my cup of tea. I'm glad I work in education now. Um, it taught totally. me how to be more efficient at my job. Um, those times where you're like, I got it done in five. And they're like, next time in three. And you're like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Those kind of yeah. things. And so um, did you, were you, you just wanted to be in front of the camera or did you like doing both? So I did, when I did the morning shows, well, in Rochester, I was the producer anchor. And then I reported. So at that station, I had to get there at one in the morning. Um, and if you could see on my face, I have like a scar that is from getting shingles when I was 23 years old from the stress of working like 70 to 80 hour work weeks and doing morning shows. Um, so yeah, they had to have like four surgeries on my face um, during that time from the stress. So then it got better when I got to Rockford, Illinois, because I only had to get to work at like three in the morning. Um, and I didn't produce there. I just anchored and reported, but my producers were like very green, not necessarily great at English grammar. Like, okay. An example, like they would put in a tease, like they, they searched every crook and nanny. And I'm like, do you mean nook and cranny? <laughs> like, yeah. And cranny. Cause that's yeah. not what's in the teleprompter, but I would have to like and she wouldn't be done by this. So I was getting there earlier and earlier just to rewrite scripts and stuff. So I didn't say something stupid because I wasn't focusing enough on, on stuff. So yeah. I, I talk and spell it right. <laughs> no, I know. So yeah. And I did love it. I mean, like I still miss it. There's still a TV shaped hole in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, because I just love telling stories. I loved learning about people and felt like I was making a difference. I mean, I still remember, but one of the, the stories that touched me the most, there was a mom and a little boy um, and they were in a car and they were just running to get groceries and they got to a, a light, a yellow light, and they were waiting to turn. Somebody, you know, this other person in the other lane across from them, waved them ahead. They went and this teenage uninsured driver crashed to the side of them, killing them instantly. And I remember, you know, the scene of that, like the coroner was like crying, firemen were crying. Like it was such a horrible scene. And I was like, I was crying. I was like, I have to get it together so I can get this on the evening news. So maybe we can help people not think, think twice about running a yellow light and yeah. think, and just, you know, like that's the good that can maybe come out of that, you know? So anyway, so that was, yeah, that 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 was kind of what my purpose was and all of that. So, yeah. I covered quite a few 9-11 stories and the one, I'll kind of shorten it down, but yeah. this guy escaped the towers and I mean, just turn after turn, someone saving his butt, just out of a doorway here and there, firemen, police, all that. Uh, he gets on, his wife's frantically calling, she knows that he gets on the train home to Long Island goes home, takes a shower. His wife comes home because everybody gets, you know, we're all at home because it's an attack yeah. in the United States. So we're like, ah. and uh, he sees her and collapse. And oh. he develops, I can't remember what it's called exactly, but it's, um, if your adrenaline raises up, you'll pass out. It's, and, and so he was telling this story 
straight monotoned face like uh, I mean, it's longer and, and I'm just I, my mouth's probably on my knee at the time I was like oh my god and I cannot I kind of have to push it back together because I cannot raise his adrenaline like I kind of have to keep it in like hmm not be shocked mm-hmm. like yeah not yeah. Be shocked. and so it took a little bit our reporter and I after we left we were just that's when we were kind of like oh my god I can't and that covering story after story like that was a bit rough um yeah but I did some fun got to do some fun stories got to do a lot of New York things I uh, just couldn't afford the way of life and everything and, I, and education I've worked in for the last almost 18 years uh in technology somehow and uh, I feel like I'm part of a solution, not chasing down some scary stuff. So yes, if it bleeds, I, I, it leads. <laughs> yes, absolutely. My heart feels good. Um, there is a TV hole there. Um, definitely. I loved making art. I loved making mm-hmm. edi- editing and such. I edit sh- radio shows now and I edit this kind of stuff. So I still have some of that non-linear Outlet. stuff going on. Yeah. And uh, it's, but yet, I don't, and I, we have our studio still. Like somehow, uh, UWTV studio came in the divorce from outreach school with a couple of people and myself. And one of my coworkers who I worked with in the outreach school, he that's where his office is at. So every once in a while, I can go in the studio, look for all the equipment and stuff. But the other day, my, my boss was like, oh, somebody is going to ask for that space and we're going to give it up. Maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Sometimes they don't go through. And I was just like, I grew up there. Yeah. It was so weird <laughs> to see it. Like I knew it was going to eventually gone. I, I figured I wouldn't be involved with it, but you know, once I was moving to IT, but it still exists in my life. And so it's so weird, you know, but when I see it, I'm like, ah, oh, that's where the TV still exists. I wish I could create something to use that space. Um, but it might be used as a podcast space. So that's pretty cool too. From the university. Yeah. So, yeah. Big old studio. Really cool. The lights suck. Like they need to just totally gut the lights. <laughs> um, uh-huh. And, but this cameras are good. Everything else, the space is good. It's a good uh, control and everything. But yeah, if they were doing anything, you got to get rid of those lights. They're just, it, they'll probably be like deemed unsafe for <laughs> like the seventies. Maybe we're last oh time. like spin dial thing. Like you push probably such four. a fire hazard. Yeah. That's my insurance cap. I'm like, oh, yeah. such a fire There's happened. one four. Light that one up. Oh, my god. So gosh. that's how our light works. Yeah, it, it, they're so fancy nowadays. Mm-hmm. But, uh, the studio, mm-hmm. I understand the TV size hole. So along the way, you're married. Did you I not, am married. Are you married now? Do you have kids? I have one daughter. So okay. that is from my previous marriage to my ex-husband, who's from Chicago, that okay. one. Yeah. So I'd ended up in Rockford for TV and then, um, and we, I was still married and I ended up, um, for a while there was, there was a company that did my makeup for TV and that's who ended up attracting me to go work for them. And I, it was a wholesale private label cosmetics company. And so I would sell to everyone from like the Sopranos makeup artist, um, J Lo's makeup artist to like stores in Puerto Rico, New York, LA, Beverly Hills, like all over the country. And I would go and travel and like meet these people. And at first it was super fun. I'm like traveling every single month for a month or two at a time. And then about after like the eighth month, I'm like, this kind of sucks living out of my suitcase all the time. And I wasn't making as much money as they told me I would. Um, So I, but I knew like sales was probably 
a great way to go. So um, I ended up one of my friends who was in TV with me, she ended up getting um, a, a job with um, RH Donnelly, which was they sold yellow pages, direct mail, online advertising. And she goes, Gwen, you wrote out of bed, roll out of bed and you're going to make 130000 a year. And I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty good. So, yes. <laughs> so I went, let me tell you, this is like, oh God, I remember that with that money or that, that movie is, but it, uh, with Vince Vaughn, I don't know, whatever, regardless, I went there and they said, if you want a job here, we have a 26 page script that you have to memorize verbatim and recite it if you want the job. So I did. And that script is what helped us with all our sales. You know, like it was a sales script basically, yeah. but, um, and I became like number three in the nation. Um, I was like by far number one in the, the West coast. Um, so I, I mean, I just loved it. And here's what I, why I feel like it worked was because I felt like I was telling these business owners stories through the advertising, like what makes you unique? Why should I choose you? And then I designed the whole ad campaign around that. Um, and they caught business. I'd say, now let's track it. Don't just throw your money at this and hope it works. We can find out if it works definitively. So we did. Um, but what I realized I would make a huge commission off, off the front end. Um, but my renewals, which were getting bigger and bigger, I was only making like 1%. So I realized I was like a gerbil in a wheel and like 10 years from now, I'd have to be working 10 times as hard to make the same amount of money as I was making then. So I started reading all these business books, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, you probably Richard had poor bad, um, Walmart made in America, um, yeah. Ray Kroc's McDonald's like sim systems. And I was like, what is a recession proof after I lived through nine 11 and TV where we covered stories too. Um, and it devastated our station. I'm sure you probably financially, because we didn't have commercials, if you recall, for yeah. I think it was a couple of weeks, right? So we had to cut like half of our staff at our TV station and all of you know people's income was cut. So anyway, I was like, what is it? And something with a pipeline residual income. Well, insurance. I, I had started investing in real estate. I had about 14 rental units at this point. And I was like, I keep insuring all these. And so I got to pick the brains of all these insurance agents for all these different companies. And State Farm had the best model, highest success rate, like 88% of people who go with State Farm make it. And if you last five years, it's like 99.1. The industry average is like 16%. So it was like, okay, this is what I want to go do. So um, yeah, I went and interviewed with them and what they do is you don't buy. It's not like a franchise. You, they hire you to be an independent contractor. So I had to do a business plan and all that. And so that's what got me to open up a state farm agency, in Belvedere, Illinois, which is about an hour outside of Chicago. Wow. Yeah. yeah, I know. So <laughs> I know more information you want, but maybe. But also like I we spoke about it with so many people who worked in the TV industry and my uh, one of my last later last interviews maybe the last one she's the only one left that i know that is stuck with it she works channel five but wow like, but she's also like she's like i chose to have another life to uh, kids get married and stuff so that mm -hmm. job worked for me i wasn't chasing the tv dream and everybody kind of when it starts happening you're like this is great but then you're like no not another small market not all this traveling no 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 not up at one in the morning this is yeah. not worth it for what I want to get done in my life, the goals and stuff like that. And I mean, I just jumped it. I was like, I'm going to go work in the best market, I think. And it <laughs> burns me out. And I was like, maybe not so much. 
And but yet I have skills. I'm like, I could go back to TV if I wanted to, but I really don't want to. I right. Pay me enough for what I'm used to right now. But if I right, I, I know that's you get the golden handcuffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Especially now that I have like less time in front of me than I do behind me. So mm-hmm. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'll just let this job work out until I can be done with, you know, <laughs> retire, you know, or or at least make awesome. it to the point where I can collect and yeah. make a decision at that point. And so I'll be 25 years in and be like, okay, now if I want to leave or anything like that, that's that. But I tell I tell people, they're like, what? You're going to leave your job? I'm like, no, 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 no. You get taken that wrong. I was like, I'll make a decision at 25 years in. That's what, if yeah. I leave or not. But yeah, sure. most people don't. So uh, yeah, it's golden handcuffs. And yeah, it's, I mean, and then you, you're like, you wanted a sustainable lifestyle that made you more money and you're like, well, I can take these skills and transform from being in front of the TV and producing directing to insurance. Yes. And you feel like insurance, you're helping people, you know, yes. cover and shit when shit happens. Like that's the best thing. Totally. When shit happens. Yeah. So that's why you have insurance. And Protect everything they've ever worked for and they care about. So it's yeah. getting to know them, their story and saying, this is what you care about. Now we're going to protect it. I'm going to help you keep that, you yeah. know? So. Totally, totally see that. Yeah. Um, that's when you were outside of Chicago, meaning your ex-husband then? <laughs> I guess the ex-husband now. So at the beginning, so we were married. So it had my daughter and it was about when she was like one. Okay. And I kind of just started my agency and it was just kind of, I'd been kind of on the rocks for a while, but it just kind of was like, okay, this is clearly not going to be a good environment for my daughter. And that's when I said, we're just, we're going to be better parents apart. So we got divorced. And then it wasn't until, um, 2010, um, I met my husband, um, Dean and he was a state farm agent in a town nearby. And so that's how we connected and ended up getting married and stuff. So yes, yes. And he had no kids or anything like that. So (laughs) that helped. I'm just the only one with it. Yeah. I understand divorce. Got one of my my back pocket myself. I was married in New York. I understand the not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, irreconcilable difference. But we were like so new into the, she was from England, from Wyoming. New York was the middle ground. Mm-hmm. We met at a camp, summer camp in New York. Um, so if we knew people in New York. So it was a kind of a, almost a logical place to go. And I was like, ah, I can make it anywhere. You know, I can work TV about anywhere, which is fine. And I always tell the story of if you ever watch Fight Club, there's a scene where Brad Pitt and um, oh, the main character, they're, well, he's talking to himself uh, uh-huh. in the bathtub and they're talking about their relationship with their dad. And they're like, why well, didn't get to know my dad that much? He, you know, would get divorced all the time and remarry. And he's like, well, my dad gave me, you know, this kind of advice and it was this. And he's like, you know, graduate high school. Now what? Go to college. Now what? Get a job. Now what? Get married. And I was like, I did all that and went, I don't know if that was the right way to go. Yeah. Like, I don't know. If I, she's cool enough girl at the time, but we are just really opposite. Mm-hmm. We were more in love with the idea of being married than being married. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. it work and kind of were like, well, that's your stuff. That's my stuff. I'm out. And I, got, I kind of worked out that Wyoming was available. I came back here. I was going to be only be here five years. Five years and I'm moving back to Oregon. That's, I thought I was going to, that was going to be my life. 
18 years later, I'm still here. Still here. <laughs> Not going back. I like the sun. Like I, I love the Northwest, but they get a lot of cloudy days. And it yes. Makes, it makes me sad. So uh, yeah. when I'm there, I get I'm, I'm not happy. Like it's like six days of overcast. I'm like just ah, no, just dying. It's not good. So, no, yeah, it's uh. So yeah, I like Wyoming. Um, yeah. So okay, your husband was a, is is still is he still at insurance? Does he work at your insurance agency now? No. So he had okay. his own agency, and then State Farm. Like, so I was blessed. Like, I I started an agency from scratch, which is pretty um, unusual, where you basically start with no customers. So we had to build it up from the ground up. I speak some Spanish, and I hired um, bilingual team members because that was a very unserved market. Like, we had a lot of Spanish speakers, and no. Nobody, no agency had Spanish speaking. So we then were blessed to be like number 32 in the company out of about 19,000 agencies. Um, and so State Farm was kind of like all over me to try to recruit me to become an executive to like hire State Farm agents and train them. Um, and it just kind of worked out that, you know, I said, you know, I've always been fascinated at being toward the helm of the company and like being able to have a bigger impact and that kind of thing. So they moved me to Milwaukee and I had a territory that had, I had about 29 agencies under me. And then my husband, they gave him a lateral um, to right outside Milwaukee, outside of my territory um, for an agency there. Um, so, and he's from Wisconsin. So he was like super happy, like, you know, to be there. Um, and then they had told me state farm had said, if you decide this isn't for you, um, like you don't like this whole executive thing, we will give you an agency anywhere you want. Um, is as long as there's an opening. So I'm like, all right, well, about two and a half years in, I'm like, I do not like being a corporate employee after being self-employed for 12 years. I don't like people telling me what to do. I don't, all that stuff. So I said, yep, I want to take you up on that and found out there about this agency opening in rock or in, um, See, I still refer to it. Fort Collins, um, 40 year agency. It's in like the Preston farmhouse, which is like a historic building in, um, in Fort Collins. So cool. Um, so I was able to take that agency. My husband, um, was not given another lateral. They said, Nope, we do that once. And so he actually still has his agency in Wisconsin, which is kind of like, he's getting the best of both worlds. Cause he'll go back every two to three weeks. And otherwise we can, especially with this COVID world, we've figured out, we can do video conferencing. We can work remotely. Yes. So it works out. I can be a little intense with my um, job and my agency sometimes. So when, you know, he, he goes and is in Wisconsin, I can be a little bit more like um, having more later appointments and doing all those kinds of things to help me get my numbers up and stuff. So, yeah. So it's good. So it's working for now. Yeah. Good. Wow. Yeah. He, he might. So I'm opening it up a mortgage brokerage as well in my agency. So I've got two floors and we just partnered with Quicken Rocket Mortgage and I was becoming a mortgage loan originator. So I could just do mortgages myself. But I'm like, I want my team, my employees to be able to be mortgage loan originators. And my husband is one in Wisconsin. And they said, yeah, you can do it in Colorado. So I'm in the process of getting that done. So he eventually, potentially, we will have that option that he could then come work in the agency, do mortgages, and then he could be on the team as well, like as the operations manager or whatever. So, so we'll see, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That, I mean, that's a lot, a lot of people, it's, it's, you know, everything comes full circle. I know you're not back in Miami, but you're at front range. Brock yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you have a lot of friends in the region still. Mm -hmm. well, yeah. so it's good to catch up. I mean, I remember 
when I moved back. I mean, I was only gone three years, but I was kind of like, I'm going to do things different this time. Like, I'm going to go out into the wilderness. I'm going to go hiking more. I'm going to take advantage of living here in Wyoming. It's not that I, I do my fair share, or I did, or I go to a whole lot more concerts these days. That's my thing. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to totally do that. And love that. Down in Red Rocks. Like, if you haven't gone to Red Rocks ever, I tell people, go to Red Rocks. It is cool. I did it when I was younger. I haven't since. Oh, yeah. Because of, yeah. of the pandemic. But, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they've, added some, they've added on since we were younger. And, uh, but, yeah, I'm generally there uh, at least three times a year for Widespread Panic. And they play three nights in a row. Ooh. I missed their shows. I missed one because my sister turned 50. And uh, I missed out, but otherwise I've been there for like the last 10 years or so. They're my favorite band and they always play Red Rocks. They've sold it out the most ever. Like, wow. Yeah. And people are like, who's Widespread Panic? And like, I know they don't sing, sounds crazy, but they're like a Southern rock blues band, like kind of like hmm. the Other Brothers. And so yeah. they don't have like radio songs. They might, depending on what radio station you turn on, but um, I discovered them. Uh, through jam bands because I was such a rap head and a hip hop fan, DJ and stuff. Um, I moved to New York and that was like, there was a hip hop was everywhere. It was a Mecca and I kind of was getting burned out. And my friends were my, like always playing fish music and always playing all these jam bands. And I was like, is this the same song? Like, how long is this <laughs> the same. And, and eventually I got into it. My buddy took me to a Keller Williams show and he's this guy who builds the music, the song as he's on stage. So he'll go over and play the bass for a little bit and he loops it and he goes back to guitar. And next thing you know, it's one of his songs off the album. You're like, oh, it's amazing. And that was my, I was like, I'm in. And I've been to Fish concerts and, but moving back here, String Cheese Incident was a big Colorado band and they're a big jam band. So I was watching them a lot, but I don't know. I ended up seeing Widespread Panic a few times and I could group of friends with them. That goes and sees them as well. And that it's a Southern rock blues kind of thing that really speaks to me, but they make it like a 10 minute song. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, mm -hmm. I love, I followed them. I've been to Wisconsin. I've been to Milwaukee to see them. Ooh, or, Summerfest or something? Or um, it was, remember? no, they just played in God, October, at the end of October. Oh. Post Halloween. Oh. It was 2011, I think. Oh, okay. But yeah. Cool. Been, but it was cool. That was the first time. I love Milwaukee. It was cool. Yeah. Like, I was my friends camp. that I was with who were like, we'd be driving down the street and they're like, you know, that's a bar. And I'm like, that's okay, a house. And they're like, that's a bar. And I was like, oh, <laughs> all right. I yes. Like, I think you could out drink Wyoming. I really, oh, oh, I'm really putting it down, Wyoming. I'm sorry. I think Wisconsin, Milwaukee oh. could out drink Wyoming. <laughs> For sure. But we have so many similarities with Wisconsin. I mean, like, do you know, they also were like within, it was us first two that gave women voting rights and oh, put women in office and yes last states to change the drinking age i mean ah. yes mm -hmm. kind of interesting yes because we like to drink our state yes drink. right exactly yes. I know. Mm -hmm. so uh is your how'd your daughter handle did you, she do some homeschooling during the whole covid thing how did you guys handle it Oh, it was, yeah. So I'm probably not the most popular mom in the world because I moved her in the middle of a pandemic um, away from all her friends, but because oh. um, we moved here in like July and she's, you know, 14. Um, she just turned 15. Um, and so she like, um, she was doing remote school and stuff, but it has not gone well. Like it's, 
Yeah. Most of the, I mean, I have friends whose kids are straight A students and they're really struggling. Um, there's a lot of depression, like, cause the kids are like not able to socialize and meet friends. And so we've done a lot, like we have my horses and we have two fainting goats that are adorable cowboy and diva. Um, so we try to, you know, kind of do that, but yeah, I'm just, we're like praying and hoping that like we can start doing some in-person stuff at some point. Cause I think that would help like, so she could have friends, you know? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. But um, so I feel for moving at that age because I was kind of there, but how pandemic yes. you know, whew, double stack, it's tough life. And right. doing stuff, it's hard. Like, I mean, even though I've worked in remote learning, distance learning for a long time, I don't I don't know if I could handle it. I know I have to troubleshoot the stuff, but I don't know if I could be a student in it. So I'm not jealous and I'm not anything for like the students that have to when they first introduced me to it, I was like, you get a degree this way? This is terrible. Like I was totally shocked. I'm yeah. not being brick and mortar being there in person, but however you learn and however you can just right. get information out there what works for me, people will still pay money for it. So fine with distance ed. Um, yeah. I mean, paid my bills for a long time, still kind of does. So my, I'm not, <laughs> Absolutely. well, not in college students, I think at a yeah. different level, you are taking it more seriously. You're not, I mean, we just talked earlier about how we, how we yeah. were in high school, right? Like, I mean, you're not as self-directed. You don't give a crap about that stuff. Like it's, you don't understand the reward and the correlation there at that age. So I think that's why it's harder for kids. You know, I still, as an adult, I have to do so many hours of continuing education for all my licenses and it's mostly remote. I mean, it really is. And so I'm fine with it. I actually kind of prefer it sometimes because I'm like, okay, I can pause or whatever, come back to it. Um, But I do think it's hard for the kiddos, you know, so we did a lot of online training in, in areas, but I, I need to get my hands on this technology, but we had a lot of online training uh, to do um, while we were like, I was at home for a little bit, but once things kind of got control, we figured out some more, like not everything you touch, we'll give it to you. Like, okay, cool. I can go into a building again and not be like, this building could kill me. Like kind of thing. Yeah. So, like it was weird walking around our classrooms being the only one in the building. Like that was kind of spooky. But we upgraded our technology huge. We got some money from the government to do this. And we still, we got some more and we're still doing it because all our classrooms aren't, don't have cameras in them, aren't Zoom compatible, aren't video conferencing, ready to roll. And so we have, we're doing that right now. We did a huge move in the fall, now, now the spring. And so um, I'm eating on campus. I'm a better, I'm a, a more reliable employee on campus than I am working from home. But I did that online learning of training and such. And it's, I'd struggle sometimes to want mm-hmm. to do that in a day. Like, oh, I got to go do this training. Or yeah. whatever. And especially at my house where I'm like, I enjoy my house. I'm like, I could do a thousand other things besides work right now. Right. But I got to be like, I, I got to go to work. So I try to do things like have a computer downstairs and my office upstairs. And so like I would change up the scenery and, but still not miss out on things that kind of helped trick me into it. But I'm still like, I hate at work where I got to go to the bathroom. I got to pop on my mask to walk down the hall. Yes. Cause yes. I have an office, I can shut my door. So I'm, that's pretty cool. Right. I, I'm, and when I work in a classroom, I'm one of the only people in there. So it's all right. And like, I go, when this is all over, we're going to still stand six feet apart and we're still going to navigate around each other all awkwardly like we are right now. It's it's going to be hard to break that pattern. And then we'll be like, I can see your mouth. That is so weird. Like this it's, is the only time you get to see a lot of people's mouths is during the Zoom conference. 
You're right. Like I had meetings all day, week long this way. And I'm like, most time I see you people and we're all masked up. That's kind of interesting. And so, all right, I got one more question. I'll wrap this sucker up. Uh, ask everyone this one, since the show's called All My Friends, how'd we meet? How did we be? So I'm trying to remember the first time, like, I feel like it was at a football game or a party, but I know it was, I feel like it was through Tyler um, because I ended up dating Tyler, yeah. but I'm trying to remember if I met you before I started dating Tyler or I started dating Tyler and then I met you. I'm going to go with, <laughs> you were a freshman, didn't you ski? I was on ski team. Oh my God. I suck. Yeah. I probably met you through ski team. Didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you ski your freshman year? I did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, definitely. I met, yeah, definitely. And then we skied the other two years at least because freshmen. Yes. Yes. So we were in ski team. Yes. That's it. Okay. Yeah, of course. I have such a horrible memory. It's <laughs> like really bad rude. I do remember we all called you rude. Do you still oh, yeah. go by rude? Yeah, definitely. I have a tattoo on. Never gonna <laughs> Good. Stop. Oh my gosh. I love it. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, I got it when I was like 18. I knew I was going to get a tattoo. I was like, oh, rude. Of course. That's your thing. And, uh, yeah. It's a Nickname, I'll never, I'm DJ Rude on Cowboy Joe Radio. Not Cow oh, shit. <gasps> we got rid of that stage. Are you supposed to say the S word? CBJ Radio. CBJ uh -oh. Radio. I can swear on this thing. Whatever. Oh, I, okay. I have a lot of them and everybody else does. Um, but I, I should not say that other that thing that you just said. Yeah, we, we've switched <laughs> names now. We're a new station. We're, we're uh, CBJRadio.com. Oh. Uh, yeah. And I was like, when you're talking about having the radio show and you're the the 80s uh, Wyoming woman, I was like, if you ever get any time in your life, we take new shows. And I could totally show you how to record a radio show at home. Oh, kind of need. There's a program called Audacity. You just need a microphone. And, the mm -hmm. and you probably edited before. It's very. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Similar yeah. To that. You just put audio yep. tracks and stuff. But. Yeah, I do an 80s show right now. I do a ton of shows. Um, I do an 80s show, but it's all robot voice. So I just put it together. It's not my voice. I just type it in. Sorry, I just gave it away. If anybody <laughs> wants to know who that guy was. It's, yeah. He's Digital J. He's digital. Digital J. Oh, my God. That's awesome. J or Digital Justin. I don't care. Whatever you want to call it. But yeah. I just, because I was already doing so many shows. I was like, I'm tired of my voice. And Station's tired of my voice. I got to figure out this show and I just put it together and it's eighties music. And, and so you just have the robot voice come in and we played this, here's next five songs. And it's just, it, now it's moved to night times. It's going to be on retro uh, Saturday nights on CBJ radio. Ooh, yeah, nice. That, it's eighties and then around the band, which is a nineties uh, uh, grunge show. Oh and, yeah. My buddy, he knows the stuff that, uh, Jeff Rickett, he's the other guy on the station. We have the station together. And uh, then we're we're tag teaming. We're trading off. He's doing, uh, we're doing a show called uh, Nothing But A Good Time. And it's all Haiti, 80s hair rock. Ooh. And when I first started on the station for a little while. And then I just stopped. I haven't done a show since like 16. And he did one last week. And I'm like, okay, we'll just trade off. So my turn's this week. And I was like, ah, it's, there's the standard 80s uh, hair bands, you know. But then sometimes you get into the weeds and I have like a, like a huge collection of hair band stuff, like, like band that no, not, not a lot of people heard of. And so you can play your Molly Cruz and you can play your poisons, but there's some like 
just deep like you know it's all hair metal it's interesting to listen to oh but my gosh it's i fun. can imagine yeah yeah it's funny. no no country no country no we don't have a country no. I love country. <laughs> you can listen to country music on about any station across wyoming oh that's true um i mean that's true and, and that is true it's not unique you're right yeah our old name made a sound like we were doing with that kind of station um, but the new kind of changeover and everybody's, well, what's those initials stand for? We just changed up every time. It's like DECA. Remember yeah. it used to be distributive education and then it became right. an association of marketing students. That's what you yeah. guys did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So rebranding, we rebranded or whatever. We changed ownership. So it was okay. him and another guy. Now it's him and me. And so, wow. Yeah. Uh, well, we were doing most of the work. We were pulling most of the weight, mostly him. I mean, I do my fair share, but yeah, there was just some not a equal partnership going on. So mm-hmm. okay, my buddy and I, we've been really good friends, tight friends, best friends since uh, broadcasting. We were, came up through the program together here at the university. And so we were freaking fracked for a long time. And so <laughs> one of my friends outside of my Laramie click of friends. And, ah. and so his name is Jeff. Yeah, I mean, we he loves wrestling. We're, yeah, we get along just great, and so the station will thrive at us at the helm because he's like, "Let's do this." I'm like, "Yeah," and he'll be like, "Let's do this." I'm like, yeah, "Of course." And so we're on the same page. I'm like, "Yeah, that's awesome. That's yeah. that's great. Partnerships yeah. can be hard, so that's wonderful." Yeah, hopefully we don't ruin our friendship, but we won't. I'll quit the station before that happens. So, Aww. yeah, yeah. that will never happen it'll never get in the way of friendship we're too good of friends radio whatever and i was like i can only be a dj for so long then i become the old guy that played the music <laughs> maybe this podcast is the way to go because i can do the same for true did you ever do like weddings or anything uh dj weddings i was yeah. starting to um, okay. i had dudes lined up this summer and then COVID oh. kind of ruined them all and then it ruined uh, i had yeah i just done a few i kind of was trying to stay out of weddings because I hated it. Hated what wedding DJs. And I was like, that's not me. Then yeah. I did a few friends once and I was like, well, I tell them it's not me. And I'm not, if you want to hear those standard wedding songs, you got to twist my arm. Otherwise I'm not playing them. And so there was two tests was going to be the ones that I didn't know the people if I was going to pull off. But I was ready to play all the standard stuff. But um, I always make the, the bride and groom give me a list of you cannot play this music <laughs> and you must play this music. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And so, That's and then amazing. I can build off a lot of that. And so, yeah. Um, yeah. I have DJ equipment. I've done other events. I don't, don't do bars that much anymore. Matt's, I'm way too old for that. And so <laughs> it's not, it is, it's a young man. It's late. And it's-, <laughs> it's fun to DJ at a bar. Yes. But to do it at 46 years old, it's past my bedtime. I know. And the music is so different than what I really enjoy. So it's not me to decide what 20 year olds should enjoy. Like other 20 yeah. year olds should decide that. I understand. I understand. I don't mind having a radio station. You can turn it off and I have a certain crowd. And if you want to listen to, and I'm shocked that uh, a younger generation, like I did a prom not too long ago, loves our music, loves eighties and nineties. The oldies. Yeah. yeah. And they're just like, Oh, we love it. Like, and our parents. And I'm like, did you, are you just said your parents? Oh my gosh. So, yeah, well, but it's true. We're at that age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. So we do 80 shows. That's why. Right. Nostalgic. Yeah. Yep. 
Also, yeah. I'm like, you, you just, you can, there's a, so much of a formula you can reach with music. And mm -hmm. I think maybe the 90s, I always glorify the 90s. I hate to be that guy. I was like, maybe the 90s, we had a solid formula of music that ranged from gangster rap to boy bands to grunge to alternate. Like, there's just, now it kind of, the old guy, it sounds all the same to me. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But because that the style now attracts what the kids like, not what I like. So that's normal. All right. So I don't really pay attention. I try not, I don't get, I have a hip hop show and I really try not to, I, if I play the new stuff, I'm really hating it. I'm like, Oh, it's mm -hmm. terrible. But if it's a hip hop show, we got to play some of the new stuff, but I really go back to what I like most of the time. So I just gave good plugs for my radio show during you. That's know, awesome. I love podcasts. it. I do it on the end of the shows. I'm going to start adding commercials and such. It's might as well cross promote and see, and then you've cross promoted. You, you know, you got that uh, insurance agency in Fort Collins. So people of Fort Collins listen up. Well, insured. and Wyoming. And I Wyoming. do Wyoming. I made sure I got Jeez. a license in Wyoming so I can do it all. She's got the region. <laughs> she's got mm -hmm. the, she's back. The venue. <laughs> Right. Really <laughs> Thank you for uh, giving me your time and being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun catching up and hopefully we'll all be able to connect with some of our old friends and stuff and see each other in person. But it was, it was just nice to talk with you. And I'm sorry about my horrible memory that I'm like, Oh, and now it's all coming back. <laughs> so, but it's great. Well, damn, I didn't realize my mic was so far away from my mouth. I sound a little hollow compared to Gwen's great voice. I'll work on that for the next podcast. Now, I love how life brings people back full circle to the region, to their hometowns. As such, Gwen, not so much necessarily your hometown, but close enough. And it's a bit of a theme on this show. I have a lot of friends that have done that. We've all gone out into the world and searched out our dreams, searched out opportunities, worked all around the United States, and then somehow we're back in Laramie or Colorado or back in Nebraska or such. It's very, very interesting how a lot of my friends uh, follow that same path of life. We all to go out, get out there and uh, look at the world for a bit. As you heard in the interview, I left Laramie in 1999 after finishing school at the University of Wyoming for New York. Yeah, you can make it there. You can make it anywhere. And then I moved back in 2003. Uh, a lot of different things were happening in my life. A job opened up at the University of Wyoming. I was not that happy in New York or working in television uh, news. I wish I was working in TV sports. So I came back to Wyoming. And I only thought I would be in Laramie for five years. It's now 18 years. I always love the weather here in Laramie, but it's not a bad place to live. And I don't think I could live in any other city in Wyoming. It's just not my style. The rest of the state, love you, Wyoming. Love Laramie more. Folks, in other news, if you didn't know, I'm now part owner of an internet radio station called cbjradio.com. We were called something else. Now we're cbjradio.com. It's a free station. We have brand new shows every day except Sundays. That's our uh, reflection day. Uh, our shows range from hip-hop to rock 
to all independent artist shows, to Friday Night Request shows, and don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to. On to the next interview. Thank you.